Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, February 9th, 2024. I'm Broadway Video's Matt Tamanini. I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Hockey. Grace, um, on Thursday afternoon, I released the episode that I did with Julie Benko talking about her upcoming Birdland concert happening on Monday, February 12th. She's doing a Mardi Gras-inspired concert, doing all types of songs from the vast jazz canon of New Orleans. So check that out in the show notes. It was a great conversation. Of course, we also discussed kind of the meteoric rise she's had over the past couple years with first Funny Girl and then Harmony. We spoke just a few days before Harmony closed, so she gets into kind of some of the things that she will remember from that entire process. So so check that out. I really enjoyed the conversation as she is obviously a star to watch. Of course, if you want to hear all of our episodes before anyone else and Patreon exclusives, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. All right, Grace, unfortunately, on Thursday, we did get some bad news, and that is that the upcoming Broadway production of My Son's a Queer, But What Can You Do? will be postponing its run. It was supposed to begin previews on February 27th, later this month, at the Lyceum Theater for a 16-week run. However, the producers have decided to postpone the Broadway run. They will now aim for next season. Everybody who purchased tickets will be able to get a refund through their initial point of purchase. You know, Grace, this is one of those casualties to what we talked about so often throughout the spring that it's really, really crowded and it's really tough for shows that aren't starring, you know, major A-list movie stars or aren't from some sort of uh, intellectual property to make it. And this is a one person show written and performed by Rob Madgett. It's had a great run and multiple runs over in the UK. But it was it was probably always going to be an uphill climb, and obviously it didn't make it there this time. But Rob put out a really touching and honest, but kind of heartbreaking, because this is a show that has done very well over on the other side of the pond, and Rob has worked in the West End and in theater for many, many years. But they talked about you know, kind of some of the difficulties that it takes to get a show up in New York City and the stress and the the anxiety that went along with it. And unfortunately, some of their worst fears about this process were realized. But Grace, you hate to see this. We hate to see shows shows close early like Harmony, I meant, like I mentioned before. But, you know, when you have a completely full season like we do right now, sometimes things like this happen. Yeah, the timing, um, it's never good, right? But I think that the fact that they've not fully, you know, gone into product, like, it's just, it's it's always a really challenging thing. And it doesn't happen often, right? I mean, we, we watched, you know, first rehearsal footage of Room, right? And they already had the marquee mm-hmm. up. And we watched the Lyceum marquee go up. And we saw them see their their name on Broadway for the first time. And it was really touching. And I, for one, was really excited. Um, I got to plus one to a little, you know, um, press influencer event uh, yeah, performance yeah, with Rob downtown at the Duplex, which was great. I think that obviously I want solo shows on Broadway. That's, you all know me at this point, you know that I want that. But um, I do think that like, also there's some success that comes from doing some of these, especially transfers off Broadway to build the steam and the momentum that it kind of takes, especially when something is not based in the U.S. originally. So I don't know. I I think that um, it's it's just sucks. It just sucks because I, I want... I wanted them to have had a very successful spring with with everything that's going on on the street. And it's it's heartbreaking to see that that won't happen. 
Yeah. Th- now, this wasn't a show coming from the West End, but we saw the success that Alex Edelman had going off Broadway first and I think might have even toured with it before coming to Broadway. Now, that's a little bit of a different thing because Alex Edelman is more of a comedian storyteller where Rob is, as as they have been for their entire lives, basically a theater performer. But you're right that kind of giving New York audiences an opportunity to get used to what the show is uh, at a smaller venues before bringing it to Broadway certainly does have a track record of being successful. I will note that you talked about other shows kind of seeing marquees go up and then not happening. This is the second time in just a few years that that's happened at the Lyceum Theater. Sing Street was going uh, going to go into the Lyceum. It had loaded into the theater, but because of the pandemic, it was canceled and has not come back yet. And this same production team that was behind My Son's a Queer, But What Can You Do? Also, we're supposed to be producing the drag comedy Death Drop at New World Stages last year. And then... That first got rescheduled and then kind of postponed a second time. And as of now, there is no further details on when that will be coming. But it's hard. It is hard to make sure that you have all of the finances in order to get a show, especially one, like we said, without a star or without name recognition to run on Broadway. All right, Grace, let's stop talking about this sad news and let's talk about something that I absolutely love. Our sponsor for this week, Factor. Just as we started recording, I finished up my factor meal for the day. I had grilled pork chop and smoked cheddar cauliflower grits with barbecue butter, roasted zucchini, and poblanos. Uh, It's great. Like, literally everything that I have from factor is delicious. Obviously, there are certain things that I like more. But what's great about it is, is that because there are so many options, if you do find things that you really like, you can keep picking them almost week after week. They do rotate through the different meal options. So there are 35 different things that you can choose from every week. But most times the things that I like are there every week. And it has been such a great way for me to say, oh, I really like this. So I know I'm going to like it. And then I'm going to experiment with a few other things. This is the first time that I've had the pork chop and it is really, really good. So not only does it essentially guarantee that I'm going to love the meals that I get, but it also is so convenient, so easy. I know you love the two minute meal factor of it. I put them in the oven, so it usually takes me seven to eight minutes to cook it. Still not bad, especially when you consider that these are chef crafted and dietitian approved. Everything about my factor experience has been fantastic, Grace. That's the thing. I had no idea what to expect. I've had plenty of meal service opportunities in my life because famously I love to eat and factor meals is the first one where I've said, oh, wait a second, I'm going to want to order this every single week. Um, Not only are they fast and efficient, like Matt said, I really am addicted to the two minute microwave of it all. It's super, super fast. The fact that I get a fully balanced, nutritious meal that is restaurant quality that quickly to reheat is excellent for me. Also, they have snacks, smoothies and more. You can discover like the fact that they have not just lunch and dinner, they've got breakfast, midday bites, so many opportunities and it's so much cheaper than when I order out. The fact that this has actually saved me money in New York City is a game changer. So head to factormeals.com slash Broadway 50 and use code Broadway 50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while your subscription is active. One more time, that's code Broadway 50 at factormeals.com slash Broadway 50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while your subscription is active. All right, Grace, let's dive back into the news. And yesterday we got something that 
we'd pretty much been anticipating since word of the most recent workshop of this show kind of started trickling out last fall. I even talked with composer Steven Schwartz about it back in December, I believe, and he kind of raved about how well it went. But yesterday, we got details for the Broadway-aimed out-of-town tryout for the new Steven Schwartz musical, The Queen of Versailles. It will begin performances on July 16th at Boston's Emerson Colonial Theater. It will run through five weeks through August 18th. As we have talked about before, Kristen Chenoweth will star as Jackie Siegel, the focus of the 2012 documentary of the same name. Lindsay Ferentino wrote the book and Michael Arden is directing. Joining Cheno in this production are three of the other stars from the most recent workshop. Oscar winner F. Murray Abraham as her husband, David. Here Lies Love's Melody Boutiou and Kimberly Akimbo's Nina White. Additional cast and creative team members will be announced at a later date. Again, all of these folks were a part of the workshop that happened in November. That was a pretty star-studded workshop as well. So I imagine if those folks are coming back with it, there will be some other very familiar faces and names joining this production. Anytime you put Kristen Chenoweth and Stephen Schwartz on a musical independent of each other, chances are pretty good that this thing is going to end up in New York City. But you put them together, their track record's been pretty good so far, Grace. So I'm very much looking forward to hearing what this is like in July, and then presumably seeing it on a New York stage, I mean, probably in the spring of 2025, but who knows, maybe even in the fall of 2024. Yeah, I I could certainly see it being fast. I could see it going into the fall. I really could. So I think that we'll we'll have to stay tuned there. I know that everything on the street is a question mark. So um, I'm sure that Mm -hmm. the uh, the out of town is going to be super successful. I certainly have excitement around the show. I think what's interesting is like, this is another documentary turned musical. We've had How to Dance in Ohio. We have um, One of Us a Social Club. And now we have Queen of Versailles. It seems to be a trend in the past year that we have a lot of different shows on the street that are based on documentaries. I'm curious of what the next one might be. Hopefully it's not Super Size Me. I hope it's something else. But I think that (laughs) there are a lot of opportunities and I'm sure that people are going to start chiming in with what they want to see. Tiger King, the musical. I'm sure somebody's done that already. I like a fringe or something. Well, actually, speak of the devil, Julia Madison put together a hilarious parody music video. She's the composer of Death Becomes Her. And if you go to her channel, you can see it. Does not surprise me. And I'm sure that it is absolutely hilarious. All right, Grace, we got word about two very interesting off-Broadway shows extending yesterday. Let's start at the Public Theater, where the new Itamar Moses play The Ally has officially extended, despite the fact that it hasn't even begun performances yet. The show will now play from February 15th through March 17th. It is directed by Lila Neugebauer and stars star of stage and screen Josh Radner. And the show is a drama that focuses on Radner's character, Asif, who is asked by a student to sign a social justice manifesto. At first, this looks like a simple choice, but instead it embroils him in an increasingly complex web of conflicting agendas that challenge his allegiances as a progressive, a husband, an artist, an academic, an American, an atheist, and a Jew. With tensions at an all-time high, Asif is forced to confront the age-old question, if I am only for myself, what am I? Also in the cast is Sharice Booth, Elijah Jones, Michael Khalid Kardashe, Joy Osmansky, Ben Rosenfeld, and Madeline Weinstein. 
The other show that has extended has begun performances, but just this past week, and that is The Apiary from Second Stage. The show will have its official opening night coming up on Tuesday, February 13th, and it is now extended to play through Sunday, March 3rd. This is a world premiere play by Kate Douglas and directed by another Kate, Kate Wariski. The play is set 22 years in the future where two lab assistants hatch a plan that could change the world. All they need are a few volunteers. This is described as a raucous and provocative world premiere about sacrifice, ambition, and honeybees. In the cast are some great stars, April Mathis from most recently of The Piano Lesson and uh, Orange is the New Black star Taylor Schilling, as well as Stephanie Krusselat, Carmen H. Herlai, and Nimini Wura. Two very interesting shows. Grace getting some stars of both stage and screen in there. Is there something off-Broadway, since you work so closely with shows on Broadway, is there something off-Broadway this spring that you are really looking forward to, whether it's one of these two or something else? I mean, tonight I'm going to see a show that I'm really excited about. Oh, right, right, right. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to see Hamlet starring Susie. Uh, I think that most people know her as Eddie Izzard. Um, I've been really excited. I also can't shut up about Job, so I'm going to continue to plug Job because I love it so much at the Connolly Theater. Oh, that's right. So yeah, Matt, am I missing something? Because I love most of the off-Broadway stuff going on right now. Yeah, there's a lot. I'm not sure down the road, but there's just a ton of stuff coming up, and we will obviously bring you all of that. I can't wait to hear what your thoughts are on on Hamlet. And we we've actually gone over kind of like the discrepancy between the star of this show's name. She said that professionally she's fine going by Eddie Izzard because that is like the name that they used for their entire multi-decade career. But personally, she goes by Susie, as you said. So um, all of the marquees and all the press materials you will see uh, do say Eddie Izzard. But you're trying to respect what they want to go by. And uh, we definitely want to do that. So. All right, Grace, let's wrap up with a feel-good recommendation? Question mark, shrug shoulders. Um, Anyway, Boy George has officially taken over the role of Harold Zidler in the Broadway production of Moulin Rouge. And, which probably shouldn't be a surprise, apparently during the curtain call of the show, they have added a little bit of a mega mix of Culture Club classics, including Do You Really Want to Hurt Me, Karma Chameleon, and more. And we have video of that. Take a listen. If you want, and uh, it is in the show notes, but I think that when you, if they start to do more of these kind of like pop music castings for Moulin Rouge Grace, I think that this is actually a show that actually would make really sense to do, or would make a lot of sense to do these best of chart topping mega mixes in the curtain call. It makes a ton of sense for someone like Boy George, whose songs very well, and there might actually be one in the show, I can't remember, but very well would fit into the the, the score of this show. So I think this makes a, uh, a ton of sense. Yeah, I know a lot of people were there to see him and also Derek Klenna being back. So I think that um, it, it's just everyone's posting their thoughts and, and excitement around all of it. All right, everybody, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. You can follow me on Instagram at Matt. Grace, where can people find you? You can find me at It's Grace Aki. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Friday, a wonderful weekend, and we'll be back to talk to you on Monday. <laughs>